0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, Yesterday, I talked about the development of the uh, Koan story about uh, the conversation between Dogo and his disciple, Zengen, about uh, life and death. Uh, And uh, within that development, there are various versions. I said there are three important points one is the meaning of Dogo's not saying. And second is uh, within one version, it said Zengen attained realization when he hear the phrase of Kanongyo or the Sutra of Avarokiteshvara. And third is uh, the Dogo's life. It's like a, a flood of water uh, spreading the entire world. <coughs> and uh, yesterday afternoon, I only talked about Dogo's not speaking. So I'd like to talk about two other points before starting to read Dogen's uh, writing on Zenki. And those two are. In my understanding, uh, two aspects, uh, maybe not two aspects, but uh, two ways of seeing this total function or zenki. Okay. Hmm?
1: okay. seems to
0: be attached that way. Mm. Let me just see if I put it on again and get it on. Just seems Okay. Uh the Kanongyo or the Sutra of Avalokiteshvara is part of the Lotus Sutra. Uh the twenty fifth chapter. Chapter twenty-five of the Lotus Sutra. And the phrase uh, Zengen had was the part that Avarakteshvara can transform, uh, I don't know, he or she, her, or, uh, himself or herself, into 33 forms. And that And it's repeated many times, and it says Avarokiteshvara reveals himself or herself in those 33 forms. Uh, Let me read that part, the beginning of that that repetition. The question was uh, asked by uh, one Bodhisattva to Shakyamuni Buddha. And which said, a bodhisattva, uh, his name was Mujin ni in Japanese, in English, in intent. Anyway, this bodhisattva said to the Buddha, World Honored One, bodhisattva, passiva of the sounds, uh, I'm sorry, bodhisattva, perceiver of the world's sounds. This is the English translation of Aparokiteshvara, the person who perceives, that means see, uh, the sound of the world. Uh, in Japanese or Chinese, Aparokiteshvara is kan ze om. Sometimes they is uh, taken out, and some often we say kan non or kan ze on. And kan is to see, and ze is world, and on is sound. So, Avalokiteshvara means the one who sees the sounds of the world. And sound of the world is the sound of people's cry because of suffering. So Avalokiteshvara doesn't hear but see. This is a strange thing. Usually we hear the sound, but here in his name, Avalokiteshvara sees the sound of words uh, of the world. Anyway, this is the name of Avalokiteshvara. How, the question was, how does he, in the Lotus Sutra Avalokiteshvara is a male, and in China it became female. You know, Avarokiteshvara can be changed in any forms, because Avalokiteshvara has no form, actually. Anyway, how does he come and go in the saha world. Saha word means this word. Saha word literally means uh, the world of patience. So we need patience to live in this world. So how does Avalokiteshvara come and go in this world of patience? How does he preach? preach or expound the Dharma for the sake of living beings. How Avalokiteshvara uh, appears this world and expound the Dharma. And how does the power of expedient means, expedient means, in another word, skillful means, how can use Avalokiteshvara use the skillful means to help others who are uh, in troubles, in difficult situation in this world of patience. Uh, so the third question was, how does the power of expedient means apply in his case? Then uh, Buddha Shakyamuni uh, replied to this question, and he said, good man, If there are living beings in the land who need someone in the body of a Buddha, someone in the body of a Buddha, the form of Buddha, in order to be saved, Bodhisattva, Pasiva of the world's sound, that is Kanzeon Avalokiteshvara, immediately manifests himself in a Buddha body and preaches the law for them, expound the Dharma for them. So uh depending upon the necessity of each and every person, appears uh, in the most suitable form to uh, expound the Dharma, to give teachings. and. Uh, it's repeat not only Buddha's body, but also the form of monks. That means abhichchus uh, or uh, any forms. Thirty-three doesn't mean fixed number. Thirty-three means uh, inf- numberless, infinite number. So Avalokiteshvara manifests himself in infinite number of forms. Depending upon the person, person's necessity. Uh, now we have to think what is Avalokiteshvara. Usually we think Avalokiteshvara is, uh, uh, you know, a Bodhisattva or a goddess of compassion. Uh, we. See, you know, many places have huge statue of avalokiteshvara And that that person, whether man or woman, uh, change his or her form and appear uh, in certain forms to help other, to help people. That is uh, the image we have, and that is what is said in the sutra of. Avalokiteshvara so many people uh, have faith and pray for help from the Avalokiteshvara but that is not the what Avalokiteshvara meant means in Zen teaching, at least in Zen Buddhism. You know, there is uh, another koan story uh, or discussion between uh, Ungan and Dogo. Dogo was the same person and Ungan was his Dharma brother. About about and Dogen wrote uh, one chapter of Shobogenzo entitled Kan Nong and he discussed about this conversation between Ungan and Dogo and the conversation is <coughs> uh, Ungan asked Dogo, What does the Bodhisattva of great compassion, Avalokiteshvara, use so many hands and eyes for? It said, One form of Avalokiteshvara has thousand hands and thousand eyes. That means uh, hands refer to Avalokiteshvara's actions, activity. Doing things to help others, but when we do something, we do some actions. We need wisdom. So, on each of Avalokiteshvara's hands, there is a wisdom, uh, eye of wisdom. So, the Avalokiteshvara has thousands hands and thousands eyes. And Ungan's question was, uh, what this person is doing with using so many hands and eyes. Then uh, Dogo said it is like someone reaching back, groping for a pillow in the midnight, in the middle of the night. This was Dogo's answer. Then Ungan said, I understand. Then Dogo said, how do you understand it? Then, uh, Unkan said, all over the body are hands and eyes. Henshin, (coughs) kore, shu, gen. And Dogo said, you have said quite a bit there, but you have only said 80% of it. You are saying it's pretty well, pretty good, but you only said 80%. Then uh, Ungan said, What do you say, elder brother? What about you? Then Dogo said, Throughout the body are hands and eyes. You know, these, are, oh, these two sayings are almost the same, but somehow um, uh, Dogo said, Ungan's saying is uh, only 80%. Anyway, this is uh, another... Kōan story, and this appeared in uh, Heiki or Blue Cliff Record, and also Shōyō or Book of Serenity. And Dogen wrote uh, about this uh, Kōan story in Shōbō Genzō Kannon. Uh, in May, we had uh, Genzō-e at San Shinji, and we studied Shōbō Genzō Kannon, and I compared those three. Blue Cliff Record is in Rinzai tradition, and Shoyoroku is from Chinese Soto tradition, and uh Shobo Genzo Kanon is Dogen, so Japanese Soto tradition. It's in- interesting to compare those three, but uh, I don't have time to talk about that today. <laughs> it's not about den- Zenki, but uh, at least all three of them, three traditions, that means uh, in Chinese and Japanese Zen, Avaruk is not uh, some kind of a goddess or god, which uh, appear uh, in different forms. But, uh, for example, uh, Dogen, when he was in China, he lived in China for five years. During that time, he visited... A uh, very famous sacred place in China named Mount Potalaka. And Potalaka is the name of the place where Avalokiteshvara uh, is living. Uh, because Dalai Lama is considered to be the incarnation of Avalokiteshvara, his uh, palace in Rasa was called Patalaka. Anyway, this mountain is uh, sacred. Used to, still is a uh, sacred place, famous for the uh, Avarokiteshvara's uh, residence. So even today, millions of people visit that place. And Dogen visited that place uh, 800 years ago. And he wrote a poem, two poems, about his visit to that sacred place of Avalokiteshvara uh, and those two poems are uh, included in Ehe uh, Kolok, I think, uh, chapter, uh, volume 10. And what he said, he wrote in that poem, is Avarokiteshvara does not dwell in Mount Potaraka. And what he said Teshvara is within our practice. So, Avalokiteshvara is not a person or a goddess or a god beyond, beyond this world. But Avalokiteshvara is dwelling within our activity, within our practice. And that is uh, very uh, common in all those three traditions: Blue Record, Book of Serenity, and Dogen's Canon. Avalokiteshvara uh, is not a person or a god or a goddess. But uh, precisely uh, in the Blue, Fri- Blue Cliff record says, you know, Avalokiteshvara, uh, which has southern hands and eyes, are referred uh, to as uh, Indra's net. Do you know Indra's net? Uh, this Indra's net is. Uh, I- I think, Indian image of interdependent origination. You know, there's at the uh, palace of Indra, there is a beautiful net. And uh, at the each knot of this knot, there was a, a so-called money jewel, beautiful jewel is there transparent jewel. And each jewel uh deflect uh, each other and all the all the, you know are connected. That is a image of uh, interdependent origination. And uh, according to the Blue cliff record, this, this uh, Indra's net is Avarokiteshvara, and each of these knots, that means us, all beings, we are part of that net, so we are the hand of Avarokiteshvara. So Avarokiteshvara appears as uh, uh, Buddhas, or uh, monks, or even kings, or a merchant, or f- whatever forms. That means, uh, for us, when I have some you know, difficulty, you know, some people help me, then that person is Avarokiteshvara. Avarokiteshvara uh, appeared when I uh, need something, and th- some- someone, uh, uh, how can I say, reply, uh, respond. Uh, to my necessity, then that person is Avarokiteshvara. That person's action to help me, that action of helping me, or helping others, is Avarokiteshvara. So there is no such person named Avarokiteshvara beyond this world. But Avarokiteshvara is a collection of this interconnectedness. That is a very basic uh, common ground of understanding of Avarokiteshvara in Zen tradition. So, all these individuals, individual beings, are interconnected and supporting each other. And when we need, we help each other. That is Avalokiteshvara. So, Avalokiteshvara is not some, someone outside of this world, but this world itself, this interconnectedness itself is Avalokiteshvara. And we are the hand and eyes of Avalokiteshvara. That is a very important point. And Indra's uh, net is not only within the space, but also uh, within time you know uh, past, present and future. Everything is connected within time and space. So not only space. So this entirety of time and space in which everything is connected or interconnected as a within time as a cause and a result. And as a, a, a space, uh, this persons and all other beings support this person. That means I can, I can alive, I can be alive as a human beings, because of air. Air is not me, but somehow air is there, and I can breathe. Without air, I cannot exist even,
1: you
0: know, a moment. Not only air, but water is support me. And foods, and foods are uh, other, you know, form of life. Foods support me, my body, and not only those material things, but also in order to me to be shohak as a Buddhist priest, I studied so many things from my parents and friends and teachers, and from many books. Those are all uh, support I received to become Shohak, to be Shohak. So without those support uh, from uh, the past and from the uh, from this moment, there's no. Shohak. That is the basic uh, teaching of Mahayana Buddhism, of interdependent origination. Everything is connected and support to each other. And this entirety is Avalokiteshvara. And uh, Fat uh, uh, Engo, the person who made the Brooke, Blue Record, uh, mentioned about this expression, Zenki, total function, is a total function of this entirety. And every one of us is part of it. So, when, uh, this story says uh, when Zengen attained realization, when he heard the phrase of the Sutra of Teshvara. Uh, he realized, you know, that uh, <coughs> uh, this entirety uh, appeared as each and every concrete beings. You know that is what I said, you know, yesterday. You know the Buddha's Dharma body. which has no form, and which is on, only one, and it's eternal. And our, our concrete beings, uh, individual beings, is impermanent, and conditioned, and no self. We are born, stay for a while, and disappear. But Dharma body has uh, no birth. No living, no death. It says in the Heart Sutra, uh, no arising, no perishing. That is uh, this, and also emptiness. Dharma body is empty, emptiness. And we are the forms, conditioned, impermanent, and uh, tiny but uh, 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 Akanongyo says Avarokite shubhara appears as many infinite number of forms. That means uh, this Dharma body and this each and every forms are interpenetrate each other. That means are one thing. It's not a matter of there are two things and this appear as a form. But this and this is, this is exactly the same thing, and this is a kind of strange idea, but uh, t- in order to uh, explain this, I always use uh, you know, this thing. Uh, this is one hand, but this can be also called f- five fingers. Is this a collection of five fingers? or just one hand, which is correct. I think both are correct. When we see this collection of five fingers, each finger is different form, different way of moving, and different names. So each finger are independent or individual. And yet, uh, you know, this function as one hand, so five fingers and one hand is exactly the same thing but when we see from one side this is a collection of individual beings and and each finger are different is different but when we see this as one hand there is no such distinction this is simply one hand so we can see this uh, in two ways. One is a collection of individual beings which are connected to each other. Or this simply one thing. Actually, this is not a thing, but this is oneness. Is this oneness or a collection of uh, multitudes? That is a question, and the answer is there is no such two th- things. This is really two names of one thing. That means, you know, if uh, we see this as uh, Avarakiteshvara, everything is Avarakiteshvara. And this one thing is simply functioning. But then we see f- from uh, each point of view, our view is different. Uh, you know, I, I was born in Japan, and I became a Buddhist. And now I live in America. So my view is uh, basically Japanese Buddhist point of view, living in America. That is how I see the world. So my view is conditioned and uh, each one of us has different views, depending upon our karmic Karmic consciousness. Depending upon where we are born, how we are raised, what kind of experience we had, we see the world from different ways. The world uh, seeing from this point, and the world from that point, might be very different, you know Japanese Buddhist or you know people from Europe or China or Africa. The view is really different, so our view is uh, uh, the example of we used is like a frog in the well. we are like a frog in the well when we see. We only see the tiny part of the sky, but we think th- we see. We think this is the entire sky, and each one of us are seeing the sky from the uh, well, and yet we think my view is absolutely right. Uh, other people's view, different from my view, is absolutely wrong or mistaken or inferior. That is how we usually think, and that is how it's happening. When we see from our point of view, each person has different views. Even uh, you know, among Japanese or among Buddhists, we even in a, one family, you know, parents and children have different views so from that point we are all individual and independent and yet all those independent individual unique beings are all uh, connected without this connection there's no such individual unique beings so there are uh, you know two sides and uh, our practice of just sitting in my understanding is letting go or opening the hand of my personal karmic views and sit on the ground of interconnectedness. No matter how uh, much we make effort to broaden our view, it's not possible to 100% free become free from my karmic view, because that is the only way I can see the world. You know, even when I uh, create some view using my uh, concept and the value system, I have to use Japanese language. By using Japanese language, my view is already limited already conditioned and because i live in this country now i have to speak in english so in within myself there are two different languages kind of fighting each other and often they don't get along (laughs) so i have to translate that is uh, what's happening so uh, our dozen practice of letting go of thought is Put our entire beings on the ground of interconnectedness, on which we are living together. You know, if you uh, read uh, Uchiyama Roshi's opening, the hand of thought, he used the analogy of a squash. You know, each squash think they are independent, and they uh, argued, and f- did fighting, but a temple priest ask those squashes to come down and sit and uh, touch their heads. And they found something strange, like a vine, (laughs) (laughs) and they found, you know, they are just one plant. That is how we are. We are like a squash. I think I am uh, independent and I am better than others. At least I want to. I want to be number one. But when we let go of our, that kind of individuality or self-centeredness, then we are, you know, all those knots are like a squash on one plant. So our Zazen is put our entire being on the ground of that oneness or interconnectedness. Interconnectedness—that is about Kichibala—and yet within my mind, uh, you know, the mind uh, in Uchiyamuroshi's expression, secrete, secrete, the thought—and those thoughts are really self-centered. But in our Zen, we don't stop or kill or eliminate those self-centered thoughts. Thought is coming and going, but. During in the Zen, uh, we make determination not to take any action based on those self-centered ideas or thinking. Then we are just sitting, and our brain uh, produces many, you know. Self-centered, distorted views or thinking, idea or uh, plans, and yet we, uh, not take, we don't take any action based on those thinking. Then those thoughts are just coming and going, and it's not those thoughts are not my thought, and I don't think. Even though, though I don't think thoughts are coming and going. And in order to explain this, I always use the analogy of uh, driving a car. When we drive a car and put the gear into neutral, the engine is still moving, but the car doesn't move. So in our Zen, uh, you know, our brain is still working. There's no way you know, uh, during the Zen uh, you know, we, our stomach is still digesting uh, what we ate this morning, and our heart is still beating, and entire body, our entire body is working. There's no reason only our brain stopped working. You know, our brain is still functioning, same as our stomach and the heart. <coughs> So uh, our practice is not stop or eliminate thinking, but we don't grasp them. Then thoughts are, in a sense, uh, idling. And we don't make any karma because we don't take action. So within this zhajan and letting go, or opening the hand of thought, we are free from our karma. And we don't make any karma. So are just idling. But when we stand up from sitting and get out of the zendo, we have to put the gear into somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we cannot go anywhere. So we have to think. And when we think, I have to use Japanese language. And my thought or my view is Buddhist. So I behave like a Japanese Buddhist, or, in, in this case, a Zen teacher. So that is a kind, that is how we live. But that is a kind of a, a conditioned. We are conditioned. And yet, at the same time, we are always part of this total function. That is my understanding of Avalokiteshvara. Uh, manifest or revealed himself or herself as an uh, infinite number of beings. That means infinite number of beings are Teshbara. That is the uh, second point. And third point is uh, Sekisho's uh, saying about Dogo's life, that is, The flooding water spread the entire sky. So the second point is, this is Avarokiteshvara. Avarokiteshvara reveals itself as infinite number of beings, different forms. And the next point is, this independent being, we are so small and we are born, living and and dying. Uh, Any time for a short time, so we are our life is impermanent and limited. We have a limited view and limited life. But still, this individual being, our life as individual, as individual, is also uh, connected with this entire space and time. Uh, so, there are two, two kinds of directions. One is, this all, these all beings are total function, and as an individual being, if we, uh, in, in the case of Buddhist Mahayana Buddhist practice, if when we take uh, uh, bodhisattva precept and a bodhisattva vow, that is, uh, four bodhisattva vows, beings are numberless, we vow to free them. Uh, illusions or delusions are unexhaustible, we vow to end them. Dharma gates are numberless, we vow to uh, master them or enter them. And the fourth is, the Buddha's way is unsurpassable, we about to realize it. Those are four vows. So when we live, uh, trying to practice these four vows, that means we don't live for our personal sake, but we live together with all beings. Then our life is this entirety. That is what uh, uh, Dogo said about Avalokiteshvara. When uh, a person is sleeping in that dark night, this dark night means no discrimination. In the completely dark night, you know, today we, we don't have such dark night. Even in the night, we have many lights. But in the ancient times, when it's dark, it's really dark, and the person is sleeping. And when we, the person moves, the pillow goes somewhere, and it's not comfortable, so we, you know, the, the person is still sleeping. And this is the entire darkness, complete darkness. But somehow, the person who is sleeping can find the pillow and get it back. And sleep, so this is a completely uh, action with complete discrimina- uh, non discrimination, and the person and uh, this dark, uh, darkness and pillow are simply one thing. The the person's brain is sleeping, so without discrimination, somehow you know this person's body and mind, what life is uh, working, that way of action is avarokiteshvara, not avarokiteshvara but bodhisattva practice, to live together with all beings without separation. When we live with this attitude in our life, is really a uh, part of this total function. We are the world, not only the space, we are entire time and space. We are completely one with entire space and entire time. That is what Dogen says, for example, uh, when he describes his zazen. As a Jijuyu Zanmai in Bendoa. Part of Bendoa is taken out and uh, recited or chanted during certain ceremonies. Uh, and uh, that was that is Dogen's description of his Zazen practice as a Jijuyu Zanmai. And in that uh, description of his Zazen, when he, he said, when we sit displaying Buddha mudra with our entire body and mind, then this entire world, entire universe, and each and every being reveals its own enlightenment. That means uh, this person and all beings within this interconnectedness uh, is really one. So usually we kind of uh, build a wall around ourselves, and and we think this is my territory. There's a separation or a separation between me and my territory and the rest of the world, and that is uh, in our human world that works as a convention, but there actually there's no such you know, walls between me and the world. We are all, you know, interpenetrated with everything. But uh, when we separate ourselves from the rest of the world, then our world becomes so tiny and our view is so distorted. That is delusion. But when we let go of that delusion, then uh, everything is as they are that's all nothing mysterious happens but that this is mystery actually nothing you know something some kind of uh, mysterious, mysterious thing but things become just as they are that's all anyway that is a uh, total function uh, within uh, or other uh, actions or practice of each one of us. The separation between ourselves and the rest of the world uh, for down. So, uh, for example, Sawaki uh, Kodoro was my teacher, Uchiyamoro's teacher. And while he was uh, his, in his final days, he died when he was 86, 86 I think. Uh, And uh, right before his 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 death, he told Uchiamuro said he often told uh, Uchiamuro that to live to live life last only seventy or eighty years is not so meaningful. That means our life our life as individual uh, last, you know. Uh, 70 or 80, or some people live more than 100, but that is the limit. And yet, what Sawakiroshi said is, we can live eternal life. Eternal life means Buddha's Dharma body. That means, as as I introduced in that sutra of uh, Buddha's uh, Last uh, discourse, when we practice, when monks practice uh, following Buddha's teachings, then Buddha's Dharma body appear within that practice. And Dogen said the same thing, I think, in Hotsubodai Shin. Shobogen's Hotsubodai Shin means allowing bodhicitta. When we allow bodhicitta, the Buddha's eternal life appeared, or uh, revealed, and in the case of the Lotus Sutra, uh, you know this entirety of space and time, and everything is happening within this system, is called uh, in the uh, chapter 16 the lifespan of uh, Tathagata. Buddha, Shakyamuni Buddha, as eternal life. And this is eternal life. So this eternal life reveals itself as individual, conditioned, and impermanent beings. Even though we are impermanent and individual, uh, but if we live, Uh, being free from our self-clinging, then we are also living eternal life. That is what uh, total function means. And uh, Dogen uh, describes this way of being as individual and uh, universal, uh, in Shobogenzo Inmo. Uh, Inmo is a Chinese word which has no meaning. Inmo is, uh, if we translate it, thus. But this thus refers to this thusness the things as they are, and uh, in this uh, chapter of Shovogenzo uh, Immo, or Thusness, Dogen uh, introduces, quotes one saying by one of Chinese, Soto Zen Master, Ungo Doyo, says, uh, the person says, uh, what he said, Uh, the person who sees the matter of imo, the person who seeks who seek the matter of imo, must be the person of Inmo. If you because you are already the person of imo or thusness, why do you worry about thusness? But because that means we are already in here. So we don't need to seek. Darkness is already there. there. We are already within darkness. So why don't you worry about it? Why don't you want to get it? There's no way to get it. We can just just discover the fact that we are living together with all beings. Uh, Anyway. In that uh, chapter, he describes our lives as follows, as a a person of dustness seeking the matter of dustness, he says. What he said is that one one who wishes to attain the matter of dustness, the person who wishes to attain the matter of dustness, must be a person of thusness, and because the person, because the one is already a person of thusness, why does he have to worry about the matter of dustness? The essential point of this saying is that, directly heading toward the unsurpassable awakening, Buddha's awakening, for. The time being, is called darkness or immo. As for what the unsurpassable awakening is like, even the entire ten direction, entire ten direction world, refer to this network, is a small part of the unsurpassable awakening. This awakening is greater than the entire world. We are also, we are also, the furnishings, furnishings, furnishings like uh, furnitures and utensils within this uh, entire network. We are also the furnishings existing within the ten-direction world. How do we know that? We are thus. How do we know that we are together with all beings? We know that the reality is thus because our bodies and minds, our body and mind, our five skandhas, our bodies and minds appear when we are born, appear within the entire world. We appear to this world. And yet, They, they mean our body and mind, they are, these five skandhas, are not ourselves. These five skandhas, as Shohak is not Shohak's possession. We cannot possess these five skandhas, our life. Even the body is not our personal possession, even though we think this is my body, but I cannot possess these five skandhas at my personal possession. Our life is moving. <laughs> <laughs> our life is moving through the passage of time. And we cannot even stop it for an instant because this is not my personal thing. We cannot stop the time or change of our life. Uh, We cannot even stop it for an instant. Where have our rosy cheeks gone? Rosy cheeks? Uh, You know, children's cheeks are rosy, but our cheeks are not rosy anymore. (laughs) Uh, Gone. Even if we wish to find them, even if we wish to find them, there is no trace. You know, when I was a child, I was very different from who I am, and yet there's no way I can meet the person in the past. Once it's gone, it's gone completely and forever. There is no trace. When we carefully contemplate, we understand that There were many things in the past that we can never see again. Not many things, but everything. We cannot see anything in the past. You know, something may continue, but that is the condition of this moment. Not the same with that same thing in the past. Uh, Same as we are. So, our body is not our personal possession, that means, our body is not a private thing, this is a public thing. The sincere red heart, he talks about our mind also, the sincere red heart does not stay either, our mind is also changing, bit by bit, it is coming and going. You know, something very important to me when I was twenty is not important at all now, forty-five years later. So our mind is also changing. So bodies are changing and minds are changing. And sooner or later, both disappear. That is the reality of our life as individual. So, although there is sincerity, it does not stagnate within the boundary of individual ego centered self. So, even our mind is not the possession of me, of ourselves. Although it is thus, there are some who allow awakening mind. Without any particular reason, when we arouse body mind, we don't know why this body mind or body citta come up. Somehow it's come up, and somehow we try to uh, change the direction of our life. So from that time, that mind body mind is aroused. We throw away. We throw away everything we have been toying. Toying? We have many toys. And uh, yet, uh, when we are as bodhicitta, we throw away everything we have been toying with. We wish to listen to what we have never heard. That is dharma. And we wish to verify but we have never verified. All of these are not simply our personal activities. It's not our individual, personal, private activities. We should know that we are thus, because we are persons of thusness, exactly because we are part of this interconnectedness. When we awake, You know, we we throw all these self-centered things away and try to study how we really are, and try to live. And uh, according to Mahayana Buddhism, the Bodhisattva bow is a direction. It's very different from the direction we were taught in the society. At least in Japan, when we were a kid, uh, I was taught. We need to compete with others, and win, work hard, and become successful, that means become better than others. That kind of competitive way of life is very different from living together with all beings, or beings are numberless, we vow to free them. We should know that we are thus because we are persons of thusness. How do we know that we are persons of thusness? We know that we are the person of thusness precisely because we wish to attain the person of thusness. I, I mean, to attain the matter of thusness. So, somehow, when we live in a kind of a competitive, self-centered way, we feel something is not right, something is not healthy, so we try to find a healthier way of life. And uh, in my case, I encounter with uh, Uchamoroshi's example and teaching, and try to follow over this Bodhisattva path. That is very different from I want to be uh, number one. That uh, change, that transformation, is uh, possible because we are already live in that way. So this is not something strange or something mysterious, but we. The squasher just awake to be the uh, to they really are. So we are living as a part of this uh, total function. This is, uh, I think, this is really basic teaching of Mahayana Buddhism as a, uh, interconnected inter. Uh, connected orient, origination, and uh, the kind Indian image of this interconnectedness is in net. Uh, but when we understand uh, Chinese expression zenki, we need to uh, find, not find, but we need to think of Chinese image of uh, this interconnectedness. That means why they use this word, key, as a function. Could you erase this? This Chinese character key has many meanings. Uh, in this case I translate this as a function, but this is not only one meaning of this word, key. Uh, actually Key also means a machine. Machine and the oldest machine in China is a uh, room. Room the weaving machine. Room. Uh, so this key also means room. And this room is, uh, I think, Chinese image of uh, interdependent origination. That means, uh, you know, loom has a vertical thread and a horizontal thread, warp and weft. And uh, this vertical thread is often are considered as time. Time goes past to the present, and from present to the future. And this uh, horizontal thread is often considered as space. So, when the room is functioning, you know, depending upon the duration uh, of uh, <coughs> vertical and f- uh, horizontal uh, thread, all different kind of patterns are created. That is uh, Chinese, I think, Chinese image of interdependent origination within time and space. It's a little different from Indian image. In the case of Indian image of Indra's net, it's a connection of jewels. Uh, uh, it doesn't really, how can I say, moving, working, changing. It, it's, as an image, it's kind of like a fixed. But in this case, in this, you know, Chinese image, it's really moving, working. And that is what key, I think, means for Chinese people. For example, uh, you know the first case, case number one of uh, the Book of Serenity, is very famous koan. So I think uh, you already know that is. <coughs> well we have 10 more minutes the koan is very simple it said one day the world honored one uh, shakyamuni ascended the seat so he sat on the platform so people expect he say something Manjushri, Manjushri is a Bodhisattva of Wisdom, that, I think that is Manjushri, at least one of them. Manjushri struck the gavel or mallet, and said, clearly observe the Dharma of the King of Dharma. The Dharma of the King of Dharma is thus, before... Shakyamuni said anything, Manjushri said this is the dharma of Buddha. Then the world-honoured one uh, got down from the seat, that's all. (coughs) So even though Buddha Shakyamuni Buddha ascended to the platform, uh, usually he expound dharma to say something to the assembly. But uh, at this uh, time, before Buddha say anything, Shakyamuni announced, I mean, Manjushri announced, this is Buddha's teaching, and Buddha just left. That is a koan. Uh, I don't have much time to talk about this koan, but this means the real teaching of Buddha cannot be the same thing, cannot be expressed using language, using words and language. So this is the same as uh, uh Dogo said nothing. He's saying, I won't say, I won't say, because reality is beyond language, beyond thinking. So this koan, basically the same thing. But uh, on this koan, Chinese the master uh, Honji, <coughs> or in Japanese Wanshi, who was the person who collected those 100 koans and uh, composed a verse on each koan, and uh, he lived Wanshi lived about 100 uh, years before Dogen, and Dogen Zenji uh, often quotes his verses and sayings, and he, Dogen uh, respected Wanshi very much. And he, uh, when she was one of several Zen masters, Dogen used with the expression kobutsu, Kovutsu means ancient Buddha. Uh, other people Dogen used with this word kovuts is Dogen, his own teacher, Nyojo, and also Joshu and s- several other people. That means Dogen really respected Wanshi. Anyway, uh, this Wanshi he composed a poem or verse about this story of Buddha didn't say anything. That means, uh, this is a kind of expression of the reality beyond language. And what one she said is, as a verse, is as follows. The unique breeze of reality, the unique breeze of reality, do you see? So question. Continuously creation continuously creation runs her room, runs her room and shuttle. Shuttle is a, a tool to put this uh, vertical, I mean horizontal, thread. So this creation uh, refers to the person who is uh, making operating this entire room, time and space. So, continuously crea- creation runs her room and shuttle, and making the you know, patterns each moment. Weaving the ancient brocade. incorporating the forms of spring. So, in spring, uh, somehow, the scenery of springs, you know, flowers bloom, or birds singing, or all the plants start to grow, and we become more active and happy. That is what's happening in the spring of each being. But all those changes uh, is a result of this total function of the room. So weaving the ancient brocade, incorporating the forms of spring. In the case of summer, it's different scenery, and fall and winter. You know, through the four seasons, things changing, uh, depending upon time and space. But all those changes are function of this. Uh, Entire network of interdependent origination. Uh, so, and the last line is But nothing can be done about Manjushri's leaking. So, Buddha's silence expresses this uh, reality. It's always happening without saying or without uh, judgment without evaluation, that means, without separation between subject and object. There is no one who can observe and make judgment. So, Buddha, was, Buddha kept silence, but Manjushri said, this is true dharma. And what this final line means is that saying of Manjushri is something extra. Manjushri also should be silent. He kind of uh, uh, invaded to this total function and said, this is total function. That is already something extra. So we should make Manjushri quiet, silent. That's the meaning of this verse. Let me read the verse again. The, the unique breeze of reality. Do you see? So we should see, but when we. Well, let, let me read it. Continuously, creation lands her loom and shuttle, weaving the ancient brocade, incorporating the forms of spring. But nothing can be done about Manjushri's leaking. That means Manjushri should be should kept silent, but we cannot uh, uh, Manjushri, make Manjushri silent, because he already said. And this means, you know, now I am talking about total function. This is something like Manjushri said about, you know, Buddha's silence. So this is really something extra. But this something extra is also a part of this total function. So Manjushri's kind of a announcement is a part of Buddha's silence. So in a sense, Manjushri did something extra, and now I'm doing something extra. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, that is the way, another way this total function works, that is why we have st- we have to say something. That is another you know, part, you know, f- yesterday I said, uh, first we have to shut our mouth and just sit, be silent, to be a part of that, this, you know, reality beyond la- beyond language and thinking. And discrimination, and yet when we experience it, we have to speak about it, we have to express it, to share this reality with other people. And that is what Shakyamuni did when he stood up his zazen and other body tree and walked to the deer park and started to teach those five monks. And uh, you know, we have to do the same thing as a bodhisattva to share the dharma. We have to say something, and that is what I'm doing. Whether uh, I'm successful or not, but I'm trying. You know, this. Uh, you know, yesterday in the very beginning of this retreat, I talked about my uh, history and. Uh, until I finished university, I, all I did was just reading and thinking. So when I started to practice at Antaigi, we put I put all my books in the closet and try not to read any book and just practice and work and just live. And I lived in that way for 10 years. After that, uh, I started to study again because I need to... Uh, because. In order to work on translation, I have to understand what is said. So I started to study again. I think these, uh, this, you know, the ten years of uh, just uh, sitting and working and practicing uh, was really precious in my life. That was the best time of my life. I was also young, healthy, and strong, and stupid. <laughs> but uh, when I did that kind of experience, uh, that is what my teacher asked me. That is why my teacher asked me to work on translation. That means to study again, using words again. We have to share that experience, that way of life with others. You know, we have to say something. That is what Manjushri did. Anyway, uh, in this verse, uh, this creation is a translation of Chinese expression, kemo. In Japanese, uh, this translation is done by Thomas Creary. and he translated this kemo as creation. <laughs> creation is a uh, one who is creating. But Chinese expression, this uh, this kemo, this k ke means transform or making change and more means mother, so mother of transformation, or mother of creation. Mother of creation is operating this room, and uh, making all different uh, situations, as a collection of each individual beings. Change, uh, changing, transform itself, we are born, live, and die, that is a part of this transformation. And uh, so f- this is a Chinese image of interconnectedness, but the important point, you know, is uh, this mother of creation is not a person, is not like a god, f- who are uh, outside of this creator's collection of creation, but this entirety itself is the mother of
1: creation.
0: This is not somewhere uh, outside of this entirety, but this entirety itself is mother of creation. So there's no such separation between uh, this world or things happening in this world, and the one who is operating, you know, this room. So this is really, what they call, it, uh, automatic. You know, we call a car, car is automobile. It's not really automobile, car need a gas and also a driver. But, uh, you know, this machine doesn't need an operator, this is working as of itself, and this working is called KEMO in Chinese, so in China, in Chinese image of this world, there is no God as a creator, but this is just changing, just working, just moving, without any operator. And yet, uh, just as a name, they call this a uh, mother of creation. But actually, there are only things and connection and moving and changing and transforming. That is what Zen Qi means in Chinese, uh, not only literature, but also Chinese Zen. And this is a Chinese image of Uh, interconnectedness, or interconnected uh, origination, so uh, basically the same with net but I think this is more, uh, how can I say, dynamic. Anyway, I think that's uh, not enough, but I have to stop this morning. And from, I promise, from uh, af- this afternoon, I start to talk about <laughs> Dogen's Zenki.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Any question? Please. Mm-hmm. Made up, made not, made not a good word, <laughs> but they need something.
1: They needed, yeah, and I was very moved by them, but they lost their teachers in right. grief, uh-huh. and I
0: thought that uh, this was uh, uh, the way perhaps, although the Bhagavad button is working now, because mm. so many followers. Their teachers, yeah. You know, so it's very sad. Uh, but that but, is, but yeah, so I think so. I wanted so.
1: ask you if I perhaps misinterpreted you, or took
0: the, um, misunderstood you when you said they made it up. Well, maybe made up, <laughs> not a good best expression, but they create. <laughs> <laughs> create the idea uh, not idea really but i think they really felt buddha is still there when they continue to practice what buddha taught they st- i i think rea- they really felt you know their teacher is still there within their practice uh, i i also you know feel when i sit in the zendo my teacher is still sitting with me. I don't think it's a made-up thing, but it's happening. Yeah. So uh, as a concept, the Dharma word is made-up thing. But the uh, reason why they had to make up this concept is actual, I think, life experience. Of course, it of, uh, part of it is sadness. Sadness, yes. their sadness, when they lost their teachers. Okay. Please.
1: You mentioned the Buddha body.
0: Uh-huh. Buddha body. Okay. I, I'm sorry, I don't understand your point of your question. Okay, uh, did you uh, did you say there's
1: something else uh, after you mentioned
0: the Buddha body? Buddha body. I, I said you know this totality of interconnectedness is Buddha's dharma body, and sometimes it's called Buddha's body. Yeah, uh, the way things are within this uh, network of interdependent origination is impermanence, no self, and uh, emptiness. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, please. Um, excuse me. There's, there's reference to the concept of leaking elsewhere in, in Shantideva. Leaking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Does something leak, and if so, what leak? In, in this verse, by Wanshi, this leaking is key, um, Leak the secret that reality is beyond thinking by using words. So in that case, Manjishiri must think. So it's, uh, how can I say, in a sense, Manjushri's announcement destroys the real reality beyond thinking. That is what leaking means in Wanshi's verse. But. Get the, I get the sense that hmm? when leaking means that something is lost. So what you're saying is what is lost something is. Something is lost. Well, when something leaks, it's like. You know, it's also, when it leaks, Water comes
1: in.
0: <laughs> Usually, uh, as a Buddhist term, this word leak or law uh, refer to our delusion. It leaks from our body and mind. Something. Uh, so in this case, this leak is some kind of byproduct of our thinking. Yeah, it, it comes in and goes out. OK, please. Yeah, um, so the
1: idea about interest net seems uh-huh. to be uh, conceptual. I mean, I, I, I know what it means, but mm. still it's a way that we make order of our everyday life mm-hmm. to understand what something greater might be. Mm. when I, I see them do a true act of compassion, it seems almost like a remarkable thing, even though they're not coming out of any concept, they just act to help another individual. Mm-hmm. You know, to beyond it's inconceivable in the sense of the way that they do it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you need to really, where does this interest net in become important? racks of compassion, you can actually feel that. You know. Where does it become necessary to understand that? If net, everything is inter- basic. It just seems like it's a, a safety net of its own to try to explain things.
0: Well, the, I think uh, the meaning of this image or of net means nothing exist as of itself. Without a relation with others, no one can exist. Actually, nothing exists. Only thing there is the relation of the threads. You know, that's what uh, emptiness means. And uh, the most kind of a simple example is a bubble. Bubble is often used as an as a, uh, example of emptiness. In the case of bubble, uh, bubble is uh, you know come up from the bottom of the water and stay for a while and when it their the surface, it disappear. So it's a tiny thing, and it's impermanent, and uh, and also there's no such thing bubble as an independent being, you know. A bubble is a uh, happening. Only there is wa- air, air and water. bubble is a condition of air packed in the water. So there's no such thing called a bubble beside the connection or relation between air and water. So only air and water and their relation is there. And there's no such thing called a bubble as an independent entity. And clouds uh, is the same thing. Clouds is a water f- floating in the air. And so, the, again, there are only water and air. But clouds and bubble are different, because the relation is different. So there is no such independent. Uh, Entity called a bubble, and no such things called a clouds, and no such thing called shōhaku. You know, of course, we are much more complicated than a bubble. In the case of bubble, only two things, air and water. But we have you know billions of, uh, of you know cells, and. Uh, not only in a physical body, also we are existing with relation with other people and other beings. So it's billions of more complicated than a bubble. But basically, this is the same as bubble. There's no such fixed thing called shouhak. That is also another meaning of you know this uh, meaning of Indra's net. So it's nothing there as independent uh, substantial being. And yet, you know, actual bubble and a photo of bubble is different. Actual thing is really there. So we cannot say there is no, uh, no bubble. Bubble is there as a happening. But bubble doesn't there as a, a existence or a fixed entity. This, uh, it's there, and yet it's not there at the same time, is called emptiness. So, emptiness and interconnected origination is the same thing, two different expressions of one reality. So, another meaning of this net uh, is, nothing is fixed, everything there is a relation. Of all different strengths. So, if it's part of the really understanding, mm. we have to really understand emptiness? I think so, yeah.
1: Or else we fall into the fault of trying to see that things are all just
0: interconnected. Right.
1: Not, not, sort of like, but not
0: exactly. Yeah. Mm. You know, the, the knot, there's no such thing called a knot. Knot is simply a condition of. Two or more thread, you know, relate to each other, and we call that condition a knot. But you and me. yeah, we are like we are like a knot. <laughs> All different kind of element uh, relate to each other and uh, connect to each other and make something like me. So same as bubble. I think that is the meaning of interconnected uh, origination, or, and also net. And from that uh, interconnectedness, we can see so many different views from this perspective, or that perspective. It can we can create many different theories, depending upon f- from here which. Point, we observe these uh, things happening within this network. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, there's nothing fixed. They have something to say.
1: Um, I guess I was just curious in the story of the person sleeping you know, in the dark night, uh-huh. grasping for the pillow. Uh-huh action without discrimination, discriminative thinking coming Mm -hmm. into play. So then in the photo function of the loom, how does discriminative thinking fit in? How it seems like it can separate us, and in one way it can never separate anything. So if the person had actually said, I need a pillow, how would that affect
0: the power of the story. That's fire, how we act in the daytime. <laughs> when we don't sleep, and when we can see, that, that's our human life. I mean, uh, you know, this, in the darkness means when we let go of thought. So in our Zazen, there's no separation. But as I said, when we stand up from Zazen and go out, we have to put the gear into somewhere. And we have to make choice. Otherwise, we cannot go anywhere. And it's important to make distinction between mm-hmm. red, uh, yellow, and green light on the street. <laughs> Otherwise, it's dangerous. <laughs> so, we <laughs> so we make distinction or discrimination and make choice in the daytime. So we know uh, when we awake, our, when our brain is working, I think uh, I'm not comfortable because people go somewhere else. I have to find it, so I, you know, uh, look around and try to put it in with our intention. But that is not only way we act. Please. But, but
1: um, in a way, is it also saying that even in the dark, like. Like when you do let go of the thought, there's an action in this, right? You're reaching for the pillow, the moving the below, everything is kind of working. Mm. So actually, it's <laughs> the same when you let
0: go of the thought, the activity will still, you'll still stop for the red light. Right. Without so thinking, the activity is in it. In place, That is what that is Dogo meant. Aparokite Shubhara's activity activities like that without separation without discrimination they just act i mean averocational just act in our case when we think i try to help if the person if i like that person or the person is important to me then i try to help but if the person is not so important or the person someone i don't know then that, you know, it's not so urgent to me. So that kind of difference uh, between our activity and uh, usual activity, and our Orkuteshwara's activity. More
1: thoughtlessly,
0: we are more compassionate. I'm not sure. (laughs) Please. How do you understand uh, when we say that A- Teshvara sees the sound of the world? Uh, in Buddhism, uh, uh, six sense organs and the object of six, six sense organs, eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, and mind, and object of them, like a, a color, a sound, a taste, smell, taste, and touch, those are connected. And when those six sense organs encounter with those objects something happening in our mind. And that is uh, uh, that create perception and uh, and uh, we make judgment, we, make, we define what this is, and evaluate, and make judgment what I should do about this thing. So, eye s- s- and uh, color and ear and uh, sound are connected in that way. But when we, our eye s- see the sound, there is no such bound. I think that is one of the reasons, Abhigdesha, see the sound, not hear the sound. When we he- hear the sound, something happens in our mind. But when we see, it's, it's not. Uh, we see the f- sound. Then no such kind of a uh, bound bondage. That, mean, that means. Uh, six sense organs are free from those objects. That means those objects are not object. Subject and object are not separate, or, you know, how can I say, no separation between sense organs and object of sense organs. I think that is the meaning of this name of Okay. Please.
1: Yesterday's funeral Mm -hmm. story, the monk asked, Is he alive or dead? But before that, he knocked on
0: the coffin. I think that is his uh, attention. uh, That means he, he showed, This is, here is a problem we have to think about. That is a koan. So we have to uh, investigate what is this. I think that is what this knocking means.
1: Please. Um, I'm having trouble with the idea of the bodhisattva um, returning uh, to relieve suffering of others. The, The vow I took was, as long as space remains, as long as tension beings remain, until they are too remain, and we mean the suffering of others. And having trouble with that, these are be the, the Zen idea of can't say. We can't, it's beyond words, what happens when life and death are the same, of what is going on there, basically. Does that mean that, well, I'm
0: one is very concrete the other is totally abstract I'm trying to make the transition from one to the other uh, is this about fat dogen lot right yeah. in zenki right. Uh, let me talk uh, from this afternoon okay. uh, I haven't yet you know speak about <laughs> fat dogen lot okay. so uh, please let me talk and if you still have a uh, question please ask me again I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I think it's time to stop.
1: Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.